Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, we sit down with my very own wife, Laura Miko. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. Welcome everyone to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I'm your host, Zach Miko. Thank you for coming back once again. Uh, this is our 30th episode, guys. We've we've been not our 30th full episode plus bonus episodes. We're doing pretty good. But um, thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for being as amazing as you always are. I really love this show. So thank you guys so much for being a part of it. We have a very special episode for you guys today uh it was just my fourth wedding anniversary this past weekend and i get asked a lot about you know love and advice and all this stuff so i was like you know what would be perfect it is my wedding anniversary on the 16th so it's passed but it was on the 16th how about i sit down with my own beautiful amazing wife laura miko to talk about how we met and love and relationship advice and all of that fun stuff. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I may introduce my interview with the love of my life, Laura Meeker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to me talking to my favorite person in the entire world. Favorite? Well, yeah. My beautiful wife, Laura Miko. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for coming to uh, the office in our apartment. Hey, anytime. This is one of my favorite rooms. Yeah, it's a good room. It's It's a good room. There was an ice cream man going by before. He's Mm. gone so we can continue recording. Yeah. So, babe. First things first, Mm -hmm. where are you from? I am from a small town in Georgia, the state Georgia, not the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's outside of Macon, Georgia. And I live, I would tell people that I live right near the Cafe Erotica and the Neon Cowboy. Oh. There we go. Two uh, very classy establishments. That's good. The Neon Cowboy has changed its name to Strippers Need We Say More. Yeah, it's a great name, and I've seen their billboards. Yep, they're very famous in all of Georgia. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you were born in uh, 19... Fa, 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 fa? Yeah. That's uh, a good date. A lady never reveals her age. Oh, I know. I know she does not. So, um, what was it like growing up in the middle of Georgia? Because you, you live in New York City with me now, obviously. Mm-hmm. And some people would say it's different. You know it is. It's yeah. a little. It's a little different, slightly. Um, so living in Georgia, it was very, very, very small town. Um, you would have to drive twenty minutes to get to the nearest city. Uh-huh. Um, and I lived on a street that there were cows. If you turned left out of my driveway, there would be cows to the left. If you turned right out of my driveway, there would be cows to the right. So very, very rural. And like a random peacock, right? And a peacock, yeah. There was a peacock down there. Just someone had yeah. a pet peacock because <laughs> yeah. there aren't that many rules in that part of the area. <laughs> right. And then, of course, my best friend had uh, chickens and cows and pigs. And, yeah, and we had a goat at one point. Which I still don't think existed. Okay, well, we had but a goat. You had a goat. But I yeah. did know you did farm a certain lovely animal. We did. That is something I don't share much, babe. You should. Um, so when I was uh, really little, my mom and dad had a worm farm, and it was called Worms Galore. And we yeah. were in Bait and Tackle magazine, and um, yeah, and it was a pretty profitable business. And then one day, we got a crop of um, manure that uh-huh. had... I didn't know manure was a crop. <laughs> we had a batch. <laughs> okay. I, I mean like a batch of manure that came in, yeah. and it had uh, pesticides in it. And it killed out 
half of our worms. Isn't that crazy? That is. We specifically would get manure that did not have pesticides. Well, this one did. And the worms died. And so the the business quickly folded after that. I think they were done. Yeah. No, uh, you don't want to rebuild from, from worm apocalypse. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. And it's funny because when we go to your house, there's still you still have the old... The worm building. The worm building. Yeah. For lack of a better term, is this giant corrugated mm -hmm. um, warehouse, yeah. essentially. But I remember the first time going to visit you, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's out in the worm building. And it was like, <laughs> huh? And then I learned of the worm farm and Did everything. I tell you um, that we raised worms before you went down I south? I probably so. didn't. No, yeah. I, I think I learned it. I don't know why you're not freer with that information. <laughs> it's kind of weird, right? It's good weird. All right. It's super fun weird. I've, I've, Your mom and I have talked about restarting worms galore oh a couple gosh. of times. It just makes me think of Dumb and Dumber. We've got worms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't want people to, you know, Listen. think that I've got worms. Well, you don't. They all mm. got killed by pesticides. True. <laughs> oh, man. So you're in a super rural area. Mm -hmm. And um, where'd you end up going? You So you went to high school like normal people do. Uh -huh. Yeah. And eventually, while you were there, did you want, so what did you want to do? Because I knew you found acting so, a little okay. later on. So, yeah. no, actually, I started acting when I was really young. I yeah. was in um, a play at church and um, got rave reviews. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what I want to do with my life. Um, however, when it got to high school and I auditioned, I would always be monk number three or monk number uh, th three. That was one of my that was one of my roles. What or, play were there monks? Oh, I don't even remember anymore. I think I was in I think it was a, we did a Shakespeare play and I pl played a monk. So um, I also had a passion for journalism. So I did a lot of journalism. And so I went to the University of Georgia to study journalism. And uh, even before that, you um did a news uh, anchor thing. I did. I did a news anchor, anchor thing in middle school. Yeah. And then into high school, I um, was the um, editor-in-chief of my school newspaper. Oh. And then I also interned at our local TV station and uh, tried to do some stuff there. Yeah. And was like on a commercial what did and you, stuff What like did that. you do at the local TV station? I did a lot of cleaning. <laughs> Um, because oh, good. I'm, That's good. I'm very busybody, and so I always have to be doing something. And so they didn't have anything for me to do, so I would clean. They did not ask me to do that. That was what I did. Oh, <laughs> but I would, um, I would help, um, just do things during the, um, the live performances. So yeah. at five o'clock, six o'clock news is what I would do. So. Which is interesting because that's kind of, I mean, I guess there is still like the five o'clock news and whatnot, but it's not what it is like or what it used to be when we were kids. When, he, when we were kids, like the news was the news and it was on every night and now the news is constantly every three seconds entering our own phones. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, well. So. So then you went on to UGA to study journalism. Yep, I sure did. How did UGA go? It was good. <laughs> It was good. <laughs> it was great, babe. Yeah. So then um, I was there for two years and then kind of was a little bit lost. So then I moved down to a small school in the south, in South Georgia, and um, ended up getting a theater called? degree. Oh, called Valdosta State University. People don't know of it. It's Valdosta State University. And um, yeah, and I went in and got a, decided to get a theater degree. For whatever reason. Because and, you're a genius. Well, yeah. And all of us with theater degrees are very smart <laughs> to have done that. Right. To, <laughs> to pay college tuition for yeah. theater. Um, we'll discuss, I'll discuss that later. Okay. But, um, um, and so then when I was at Valdosta State University, there was, um, an, uh, what did I call it? Um, Uta Hagen. Um, workshop in New York for the summer and I was like who is this I want to go see Uta Hagen and my teacher was like oh that's Uta Hagen and um, yeah go ahead and apply and so I applied and I auditioned and I got accepted so I came to New York for six. Do you six remember what you uh, what your audition piece was? I do. What was my it? My audition piece um, was from a movie 
It was from Requiem for a Dream, which is one of my favorite movies. My favorite actress, Ellen Burstyn, does a monologue about a red dress. And so I did this monologue. And and then I also did a Moliere piece because you needed two contrasting pieces. And uh, yeah, and so I did this and I got accepted. And then I was up here in New York for six weeks and got so homesick. And my mom had to come up twice because it was such a culture shock for me. Because you had been you know, essentially in Georgia all my life. And also I was very, very sheltered by my own doing. I was, um, yeah. So I, I didn't like venture out very much. I very much kept to myself in goodness and pureness. I know because you used to be very, (laughs) very, very Christian. I used to be very, very religious and, uh, yeah. And so when it coming to New York and just seeing things that I've never seen before was just really tough. And I had my first panic attack up here, which I don't honestly, that's a good thing for all New Yorkers (laughs) to have. I think I've only had once, maybe one since like, yeah. And anyway, but, um, because that's not common for me is what I'm saying. But yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, that is so. a huge culture shock because you so you're down. I mean, you're down south. You're the area you're from is mostly fields and cows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there is an Arby's. I will throw that out there. Right. Well, it's 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 grown a lot now. We have an Arby's and a Zaxby's. And oh, that's true. And, and when I was living there, we got a McDonald's and yeah. And and a Burger I know, there's King. a crystal. And a crystal. But that Yo, all happened. You guys are blowing up. But listen, that all happened like. In like 1999. Before that, it was like nothing. No, exactly. You had to drive the 20 minutes to get anything. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it was was, I'm coming from that area to New York because then because had you you done a lot of traveling Had you ever really been to a big city before moving to New York? Um, I had traveled to a big city. I'd been to L.A., but Mm -hmm. um, and I'd been to Atlanta. But that at the time wasn't as big. Um. But no, ne- I mean, never lived, and I never um, did this kind of thing on my own, yeah. and that was kind of scary. Especially, new- I've, I mean, to me, we've now lived here both for like 10 years, but um, New York is a crazy, intimidating place to just come to. Absolutely. It is so vast, oh. and it is so huge. To, to show how ignorant or, or uh, you just... <sighs> I wasn't sure what was going on around me. There was this homeless man. I was staying in Washington Heights, and there was this homeless man on the platform of the train. And I said, look at all these people, these New Yorkers, just leaving this man here. And he looks like he needs so much help. And I was about to go over and start talking to him because I talked to everybody. So I was about to go start talking to him, see if I could help him when he let out this really loud burp. And I noticed everybody else moved away from him. And then, after he let out that huge burp, he projectile vomited all over the platform. <laughs> it almost hit me. It almost splashed up and That's hit me. That's called a New York baptism, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, then I was like, wait a minute, little girl. Maybe you don't know as much as you think you know. And maybe you should take note of what everybody else is doing around you yeah. and not think that you're going to be the savior to these people that you don't and you know nothing about them. Yeah. So that was like really eye-opening. And that happened I think my first day in New York, maybe my second day. Oh, it was so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a huge culture shock. So you go to Uhagen for six weeks. Where were you living when you first moved to New York? I was at Uta Hagen. Uta Hagen. I was in Washington Heights, um, but at the time, um, at the time, it was really um, <clears throat> I was the only blonde girl I saw and there would be all these men standing around on the sidewalk talking to me and that doesn't happen where I came from so I got really you mean you were like catcalled I was catcalled like, yeah, yeah, yeah I was catcalled I guess if some guy I was gonna talked, say everyone talks to you down well, south no no no, no, no yeah. yeah sorry catcalled and groups of men just standing around and so these men would stand around on the stoops which of course you're hanging out you're having a beer or whatever but little Georgia girl was like whoa what's going on and this guy followed me in his car and so when my mom came up I told her these things and she moved me down to the financial district so then I went from Washington Heights down to the financial district so from paying $600 for six weeks I paid 
$1,400, well, I didn't pay. My mom thankfully paid $1,400 for only four weeks of this Which, summer intensive. By and the way, 10 years later is a steal. <laughs> God, yes, that now. would be a hell of a, you and I yeah. would move immediately. <laughs> right? That's how much it costs to live down there. Right. We'd be moving. So, yeah. So it's just crazy. But anyway, um, and then, but then I was only there for six weeks and then I moved back to Georgia, yeah. finished college and then came back up. So what made you decide that you wanted to stay after being so culture shocked? Well, so I moved back to Georgia and graduated and then went to Atlanta and uh, shot a feature film and then was auditioning and wasn't booking anything. And I was like, ah, I really need to study more theater, more training. So I knew that the schools in New York were really good. So I came back up to New York for three months to continue training. And, um, and then after that, I just stayed because, I mean, there's still more to learn. Yeah. And so I was like, I kept taking classes and classes and classes. And Where did you, did you keep going to uh, Uda Hagen's? I went, to H- I went to HB Studio. I went to yeah. the Studio New York. Um, I went to, I went to all different places. Studio actually. New York. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that one. Yeah. And it's this guy, Jade McCarthy, McCartney. McCarthy. Jade McCarthy? Jade McCartney. I should know that, right? I think Anyway, you but. It was it was great. It was all great. So, well, that's good. So yeah. you came up here to because you decided you're like I'm pursuing acting. Right. I'm doing a thing. Now, were you um, at the time you left? You were still very religious. So, what? How did you stay religious when you moved to New York? So yeah, so when I moved back to New York, I was going to church every Sunday, um, mm-hmm. and I also was in a Bible study, and I was also leading a Bible study up here, um, and then I just started having a lot of questions. So, um, I just just about some of the doctrine and like mm-hmm. the way I was living my life versus the way other people were living the, their lives uh, versus what was being said in the church and the prayers that we would do. And I'm like, I just, you know, I try so hard to be such a good person. Yeah. And I just feel such religious guilt. There's just a lot of guilt that goes along with being religious, at least the way I was brought up. Yeah. I mean, you may not have that I mean, experience. No, no, no. I mean, I, I did and I didn't like, you know, I, I was raised Catholic and they talk about Catholic guilt all the time. But it's not the same as, I think, someone who was in a, like, Protestant, like, super Baptist Southern church. That's a whole different sort of intensity, I guess, to it. Yeah. So. Like, we never, growing up, we never, you went to church on Sundays. Uh, When you went to Sunday school or, or catechism when you were a kid, but once you were an adult, Maybe it's different in other churches, but the churches that I was raised in, there was no Bible study. We didn't keep going. We went to church on Sunday. That was what we did. Yeah. And we, you know, for, went for religious holidays. We weren't, we weren't drilling it into ourselves. Mm-hmm. So whereas I found like in a lot of, especially Southern churches, it's like a constant like, yeah, service, not mass. That's a Catholic thing. And like, yeah, service is on Sunday. And then also services are on like Wednesday nights. And then Thursday night we have adult Bible study. And like, it's it's like you're constantly there. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in the South, I was there like four days a week. But now when I moved to New York, I mean, I guess I was there. I was at the church one day a week. Yeah. And then, but I would have Bible studies and then keep in contact with people and make sure I was praying for them and, you know, that kind of thing throughout the week. And then I started having a lot of questions and then... I was just like, you know what? I just have to, I just have to take a break from this for now. And I was also, I don't, I know we're going to maybe talk about it, but I was in a relationship with a guy who was incredibly religious. Wasn't he a pat, not a pastor? He was, was he? He was a, a minister he was a of music. Oh, he was a minute. He was the music minister for a church. So a music he, minister. He played the music for the the band of the church services. Okay. Uh, or he led. He led the that so anyway that's how you get the minister thrown in. i guess and yeah i don't think he was ordained or anything no. so anyway um yeah so uh i was also dating him and i would just try to talk to him about these things and it was basically like no you're wrong you don't need to ask these questions yada 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 and i was like yo i just got to take a break from all of this this is driving me crazy and i feel so guilty like i'm not happy so you mean so you weren't I, happy then with with the with all the religion oh yeah and so then i took a break from all that and so i'm still on my break 
and maybe yeah, well, maybe you're, you're I'll come back. And so I was definitely praying last night on the flight. So oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, turbulence will <laughs> make anybody religious. Yeah. Um. So since this is our talk about love episode, there's all sorts of different paths to meaningful relationships, and a lot of those come from having past relationships that maybe weren't the, the weren't what you wanted them to be right or anything so you were um obviously you had other boyfriends and whatnot but right before me oh, you know it mm-hmm. but right before me you actually had a, you were engaged to another guy yes not right before you not but right yes. before me but pretty pretty close <laughs> pretty, like six actually, months actually yeah pretty close but yeah. it had it had if he ever listens to this that had ended a lot Long before. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I had Listen, actually ended all, it. <laughs> I feel like all relationships that oh, end God. ended way before yeah. they actually ended. Right. I say all the time that, you know, because I had long-term girlfriends too, and there were, there were some that it was like, oh, that should have ended a full mm-hmm. year earlier at least. It's and scary. I just, it is scary. It's scary to, to put an end to things when you want them to work out. Yeah. You're like, I ha- there's potential here. I believe this person is a good person. Yeah. If I just stick by them, they will become that good person. And it's like, no, uh, uh-uh. just cut it, cut it now. Yeah. Don't don't try to fix anything because you're wasting your time. I know. <laughs> I know. It's <sighs> it, it's. I mean, it, it's very very tough. So when do you think? So I I had committed relationships before, but mm-hmm. I never got to the point where I was going where I was engaged to mm-hmm. anybody else. Mm-hmm. So where after being like, okay, yes, let's get married. At what point is it just like, I can't do this because a lot of people I know get into that point in a relationship and they feel trapped and they feel like they have to go through with it right? no matter what. And right. they'll go on to get married, even though there's a lot of problems. Right. And, they'll, and that's one of the reasons, you know, our country has such a high divorce rate and whatnot right. because they're going into these things with severe problems well, already. Exactly. So I was very religious um, he proposed. I said yes. And then I was like, well, I have to marry this guy because I said I would. I'm going to follow through with this yeah. because I said I would. And and yeah, it's hard right now, but it'll get better. I'm sure. I'm sure. So that was like my mentality. Uh, yeah, I can I can do this. I can do this. Um, uh, there were a bunch of warning signs, um, but one was. I was trying to make a joke. He was really stressed out and I was trying to make a joke. And he said, like, you can't. Uh, you can't make fun of me right now or you can't joke right now. Your jokes aren't funny or something like that. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be my life. Like I'm yeah. trying to make light of the situation and you're just going to be in your bad mood. Yeah. Or he also said that like he hated the way I was with children, you know, and like, Get and so out. I was a nanny a lot of the time or, or a babysitter and he came, he would come visit New York and he said that he was like, you know, I don't like the way you deal with children because I was asking the girl, Sienna, if she want if she wanted a cookie or if she wanted something or something like that. I was asking for her opinion, but he was saying I need to tell her what she wants. And whereas I was oh, like, and this so, is a fucking winner. Huh? Yeah. So I was like, Ooh, the fact that you're insulting. Cause cause you're, I you're, take you're pride. You're the best with kids. You I are take so the much best pride with in kids. that. Actually. You work with kids yeah. on a regular basis. Right. right. So, um, so there were a bunch of warning signs like that. There was just like, he keeps putting me down. And then somebody once said to me, he goes, tell me about your fiance. And I was like, oh, he's so great. I mean, he like volunteers for kids in hospitals and plays the music and he's like, blah, 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 blah. And he's so great for his community. He does so much for his community. And the, the person was like, yeah, but how does he make you feel? And I don't know why that. I didn't think about that. And I was like, whoa, he makes me feel really bad. And that was like, finally what it took for me to be like, I'm done because you make me feel really bad about myself. Exactly. It doesn't matter how great of a person are on the outside. A relationship is your relationship to the other person. Right. And if you try to, and for this person, if I tried to say like, Hey, um, you know, I'm not happy. He would come back with, well, there's this guy at my church and he and his wife weren't happy for the la- first three years. It was really tough. But then the last two years have been great. And I was like, I don't want three years of that, hell. That to me <laughs> is so insane. He, he, he's not listening. He's not no. listening to what I'm saying. He just wants to spout off whatever. And the idea yeah. is like the way most marriages work is the first couple of years 
are the easiest part. That's when you don't have kids yet. You don't have a huge mortgage and you don't have all these burdens that make life difficult. You're just learning to be with each other right. and to love each other. So the f- that's always my biggest warning sign is whenever people are just like, oh, well, you know, the first couple of years are the hardest. I'm like, no, they're really yeah, not. I think they're it's been really not. No, no, I agree. I can understand, you know, I, we have friends um, whose parents have been through hell and back through their lives and they still stayed together and loved each other. And I'm like, what they go through seems way harder than, you know, learning if we want peanut butter in the fridge or not. Right. When you're st- when you just start living with each other, which, which the if, vote is no. If it's natural, it's always in the fridge. No, that's not true. It's really, really mm-hmm. gross. I'll do almond butter. Almond butter can be in the fridge, but peanut butter is... Peanut butter is in the fridge if it's all natural oh, peanut butter. It's it has not. to be refrigerated. Nope. There aren't any preservatives to keep it in the cabinet. Yeah, it's it's all fat. Why do I need preservatives? All right. You ever seen mold on peanut butter? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You have them. No one has. Because uh, we eat it too it fast. Yeah, right. yeah, sure. Sure, it doesn't. <laughs> so you had a lot of warning signs. Yeah. And you decided that you didn't. This is I not said, for me. I'm kicking this person to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't is that how you I did, did it? I did. Yeah, that's how I did it. Just like that. Just like that. So. So then you're for the first time in New York City, and you're also single in New York City. Yeah. Single, ready to mingle. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You did, but one thing that I like that you said is um, when, because you even said this to your girlfriends before, is like when you did become single, you're just like, I'm going to date everybody who asks me. I'm just going to go on as many dates as humanly possible. Yeah. What do you think? Why do you think that's beneficial? I was like, I want to see what's out there. Yeah. Because for so long, I mean, I was with that guy for four years. Now, mind you, it was long distance. Mm -hmm. Um, So he would he didn't actually live in New York, which is also a bad sign. Right. I'm just throwing that out there. If you're engaged to a person and you like will wait to live in the same city. Right. Not even the same apartment. I, I, I understand people who don't live together engaged it's much rarer now it's a much more old school thing but people still do it and they still see each other all the time yeah because they live in the same town or maybe they don't live in the same town but they live close enough where they're seeing each other regularly like my mom and dad didn't live together before they got engaged but my dad drove to boston every single weekend right like no matter what living you know atlanta to new york that's pretty far so that's a big old warning sign that no. you guys were engaged and were like, we totally don't have to live in the same city. Well, you know, I liked him more when he was further away. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, warning right sign number a million. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So what I did was after I broke that off, I dated anybody who would ask me out. Yep. And I was like, I'm not going to take anything seriously. I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to because I've never done this before. Yeah. I was in my mid 20s and I had never been single basically all my life. So um, especially not New York. So I did. And this was before Match.com and all those. Or or maybe those were around, but I didn't join those. Those were around, but it was definitely pre the apps, the Tinders and right. the Bumbles. And so like there were people that like OkCupid was around, Match.com like was online. around. But I right. remember that you back then if you went on online dating, there was this like stigma. There's a like stigma of yeah. like, oh, you've given up and now you're desperate. So yeah. now you're online. Whereas now it's weird to meet people in person. We've gotten to the yeah. point where people use Tinder and stuff so much right. that it's like we, every every single couple of times, how'd you guys me oh we met on tinder oh we met on bumble oh we met on happened oh we met on coffee and bagel or, or whatever facebook. or we met on facebook or you know being asked out on facebook you know oh that mm, kind of thing we'll, we'll get to that so um, <laughs> so on one of the dates that you were going on so uh, uh-oh what yeah well i don't know is there more you want to say before we transition no. into meeting me Sure, let's meet to you. Let's 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 meet to me. So you and I were both actors, right? And or we are are, um, and you were asked to be part of a project. 
yeah. that was already kind of in the mix yep. of happening. So there was this project called Rockstar Cafe, mm-hmm. and they've which already is a musical web series. Yes, and the first the pilot had already been filmed, but the girl who played my part, Deborah, Brenda. Brenda. Who the <laughs> Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> the girl who had played the part of Brenda had moved away. Yeah. So they were recasting and they actually used a green screen and filled me in in the first pilot. Yeah. Episode. When, we, and, re- when and, we re-released the pilot. Yeah, that was so funny. Awesome. <laughs> and then also uh, re-recorded the scenes, I think, and refilmed the scenes. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I was asked to be Brenda or Deborah, whatever. And uh, and that's where I met Zach. And I remember, so... So I was already involved in the project. Yeah. I I had done the pilot and whatnot. And I remember meeting you where you were... I was away on tour for a while. I did children's theater. So I was on tour for like six, nine months, something like that. And while I was on tour, they were doing the whole revamp of this show Mm -hmm. that we had done the pilot for. And the pilot I thought was great, and but we never, you know, went into doing a series. And um, while I was on tour, they started talking about revamping and whatnot. But they're like, okay, but these people in the project are no longer here, so we need to recast and we got new writers and let's figure this out. Um, it was uh, created, uh, directed and created by Braden Hayde, amazing friend of ours, um, with help from our buddy Andrew Liner, wrote some episodes. It was a lot of fun. But they were redoing it. And I was told. You know, we've casted these parts and come film the first scene. So I walk in to um, our location, which is an old bar called Mix and Astoria, which doesn't exist anymore. Mix Cafe and Lounge. We loved that place. Mm -hmm. But sadly, it it went away a while ago. So I walk in and I remember Barry, uh, one of our co-stars, comes running up to me and he's like, Zach, have you seen the new Brenda? I was like, no, not yet. And he's like, oh. You gotta see the new Brenda, and, uh. <laughs> and all of a sudden I turn the corner and you're just there, and I was godsmacked with Aww. how gorgeous you were. You were uh, so far out of my league; it was unbelievable. Thanks, babe. So the first time ever meeting you, we had to do a scene where, in the show, you are also my love interest. In the right. show, my character had such a thing for you that he would get flustered and couldn't speak. So there's, I played the manager of the restaurant uh, that we all worked in and I was trying to give the pre-shift meeting. And so Laura's character was, I'm, I'm a drunk. And so I'm always a little bit off. So I was a little, I think I was drunk at the time. I was a little drunk and I was putting on my pantyhose. I don't think you were drunk in that scene. Oh, I wasn't. No, oh. you were just you were just trying to distract me. Oh, I was purposefully. I thought oh, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought I didn't realize that you had a thing for me. No, you did. Oh, all right. Or, well, then, I mean, me- I mean, then I guess I'm mixed up. Maybe you were so into your methodology while <laughs> you were acting. So. But anyway, long yeah. story short, she was she spent the meeting slowly putting on and taking off pantyhose. For some reason, that's really creepy. And I was getting like super flustered, and it's creepy. It was funny, creepy. And then I, as Zach, was so flustered that when it, uh, there was a scene where I had to turn around and I had to shout the manager's uh, name, like the manager in the scene's name. And instead, I turned around and shouted your character's name very loudly, (laughs) and everyone's like, "What?" cut i guess and i was like oh no well what's funny is that um you i didn't realize you had any sort of attraction to me oh, boy, so whenever I. you did that i mean i just figured you just got the words mixed up i didn't think twice about it but you were so embarrassed and i was super embarrassed I w- was i didn't even notice so and i remember the first thing you did was you came up to me to talk about because I think, you know, staff lunch, or, you know, crew lunch was pizza, as it always is on low budget films. Yeah. Um, and I went to Subway instead. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to eat the pizza. Um, but I I was getting Subway because I just got out of a six, nine month rural tour of the South where I'd put on 45 pounds eating nothing but fried food for nine months. But you thought I was like, this health nut. I did. I was like, who is this guy getting 
Subway when where there's pizza here because he cares about his health. And I was a huge, huge, huge health nut at the time. Yeah. And so I was, I was like, oh, cool. But I, but I also was just like, oh man, you should have let me know you were going. I would have gone with you. I know. But, and you said that, and I was just like, oh. But I meant it just like as a co-star, not. Not as I had no idea that you and I was felt just like anyway. I was like, oh, you would have you would have gone with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was no very funny. So I had a huge crush on you from the second I met you, and then you know we went on, we filmed more scenes, we became, le- I became less awkward in front of you, but I still really liked you, and then we had a scene, an apartment party scene, where my character, um was playing Edward Forty Hands. For those of you who don't know, that's a drinking game where you duct tape two forties of beer to your hand and you can't take them off until they're finished. Um, so, but because I was such a method actor slash I was 22 and drunk. Or nervous, uh, maybe? And nervous. I was like, I'm actually going to play. So I was drinking the entire time. And I remember going to one of our other co-stars, Kaylee, and just being like, I think she's awesome. I think she's so great. Too bad she has a boyfriend. And Kaylee goes, she doesn't have a boyfriend. I was like, what? What What do you mean? I was just like, yeah, I don't think she has a boyfriend. Mm -mm. No, and I didn't. And then later that night, I received a Facebook message from Zach Nico asking me out. (laughs) Yep. And I said, yeah, let's go. Despite all the advice you hear, uh, well, yeah. I was our first date happened because I drunkenly Facebook messaged yeah. Laura. Yeah. I don't know. I just, um, and honestly, like old Laura would have been like, <laughs> he couldn't even ask me out in person. But the fact that you asked me out and I on Facebook, I was like, yeah, let's go. Why not? Like, why not? Let's just have fun. And yeah. so we and we did. did. We met up. We had fun. Uh-huh. We both thought the other person didn't like us at yep. the end of our first date. Yeah. I had a great time, and I was just like, well, that was great. She's awesome. She totally doesn't like me. Yeah. And I remember it was because you were so focused at the time of... You've, you've relaxed since then, but back then you were the most regimented person oh, with I your had, time. I had it my was hours unreal. of the day planned out so to like, the hour. Oh, yeah. So we would like go out on the date and you're like, all right, I know I said this time, but I'm not going to be, I can't get, be there until 830 and then I have to leave by 1030. Yeah. And I was like, oh, 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 okay. Well, I did have a shoot the next morning. You did. You to did. be fair no, to no. me. No, totally. It's fair. It's just... Funny, but I remember the way it was where I was just like, oh, she doesn't like me. No. She's, she's, she said a hard out at the very beginning of this date. Yeah. This is not going to end well. And you know what's interesting is I didn't think anything of that. I know. I was just like, no, no, this is just my calendar. This is just my schedule. And I figured everybody else thought that same way too. I was like, yeah, you no know, I need a hard out. And nowadays it's like, yeah, if you're having a good time, just relax yeah. and hang out more. But not me. Uh, uh-uh. Okay, so now I've got to go. Okay, I've got to leave at 1030. So then I get home by 1130. So then I can get to bed by 1230. And then I can get up by 630. You know, and that kind of thing. And that's how I live my life before I met you. I know. Here <laughs> I am slowing things down for people. Um, but yeah, we didn't think the others liked each other. Um, and then... There was not going to be a second date because I wasn't going to. I figured you did not like me. So I was like, I took my shot. She's not into it. I'm going to relax, even though I think she's awesome. And then you texted me later being like, hey, did I just see you on the subway? And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. I hadn't left my house at that point. <laughs> like, I, was, I was living with three other dudes playing video games and doing nothing else. Um, but because I reached out to you, you then decided to see if we wanted to get together again. Yeah. 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 And that's and we what did. we did. And then we've been going out together ever since. Ever since. We just celebrated four years. I Married. Know. So when did you decide, because you were dating a whole bunch of people, because you're playing the field, what what did I do that made you decide not to date other people? Um, so you just have a very fun demeanor and um we were at the beer garden in astoria bohemian hall yeah and uh you were telling me that you were going to get a job at a dinosaur theme park because it sounds fun and i was like what you're gonna get a job somewhere because it sounds fun yeah not because it pays your bills or because you know it's because it sounds 
fun. Whoa. And I was like, I want to see what this guy's about. So because you were just always, it was all about having fun and, and being around you, I was always having so much fun. So I called things off with, you know, the 15 to 20 other guys I was seeing. I'm just yeah. kidding. It was not that many 15. people. It was like 30 it was, to 40. It was, yeah, yeah. more like 90. <laughs> but, I, but yeah, and I was like, uh, and you and I hadn't even kissed, you know, when I had made this decision. I was yeah. like. Mm, you know yeah we were very traditional we were we, we, we were, were very third, we slow were third very date, slow third date kissers third date kiss yeah. yeah and so um and the kiss was a good night kiss too it wasn't like we were making out all the third date it was yeah. like first kiss third date yeah absolute end of the night yeah but i was like i really want to find out more about this guy yeah and that's all it was and then i would see you all the time after that oh and then and then we moved. to the point where <laughs> we saw each other so much. I remember at one point you were just like, Zach, you got to you got to give me my time. You got to give me well, my time. Alone. And the thing is, is that I would work all day and then yeah. come home to my apartment and then spend time with you. But then I'm not doing my own acting work or my own yeah. practicing because I used to practice things an hour a day to, to book. I was always told, like, if you want to book, you've got to be the best. You've got to do this, got to do that. And so I took I. I have always taken everything to heart. Uh-huh. And so I would practice. And so then if you're coming over, that doesn't give me time to practice. So I was like, listen, you take your time. But that's when, when we moved in together, oh, it was it, great. Because we found our, our balance. Because that, that's the I thing. was with you all the time and yeah. I wanted to be with you. I just couldn't, I couldn't find well, the balance. Well, it was like that, exactly, that stress of, uh, you know, when you're living separately and it's like a new relationship, it's you do have to like set aside time for it. But once you get into like the com- super committed and you live together, you're always spending time together. So it's no big deal for you to be like, all right, Zach, I'm going to the office. I need to do this for an hour. And yeah. I'm like, all right, have fun. Whereas, like, I remember in the beginning of the relationship, it felt like, oh, she's choosing to do this stuff uh, instead of hang out with me. Yeah. But that was just because you I was sensitive. also. I was very sensitive. <laughs> I was very, no, exactly. And I, well, it, it, that stemmed from my own insecurity. Yeah. Because yeah. I've never felt more secure in my life than since you and I got together. You you make me feel, not to get mushy, listeners, but you, you do. You make me feel so secure in who I am that I also think that's the reason career-wise I've started to advance is because I felt free. Mm-hmm. I felt free to do that. I knew you had my back. I knew you were there for me. Always. I knew you were loving yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a good time. It's been a yeah. good time. And now it's over. <laughs> no. Now we're done. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course it's not over. Um, so that's what happened. So when did we move in together? At like a at, year? At one year. At one year well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, about I one year. I think it was one year exactly. Actually, yeah. And then like three months later, I proposed. Yeah, yeah. So um, you you seem to know the proposal was coming for some reason, I remember. Yeah, well, it was kind of obvious. So before um, Zach proposed on, was it June? June 12th. June 12th, okay. So June 12th, and his birthday is June 9th. So uh, we had a big birthday party for him, and the next morning... We went out for brunch, and he said to me, Oh, yesterday was the best day of my life. You are just so amazing. You're the most wonderful woman I've ever met. You, you, well, we'll get to that later. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because you'd planned this trip to Rhode Island, and you planned it. And I was like, oh, gosh, he's going to propose. And then on our way up to Rhode Island, we had to stop by your parents' house because you had to sign some paperwork for a parking or a speeding ticket or something. You said that there was some sort of ticket that you needed to sign paperwork for. Like, at what, your whatever, house. whatever story I made up. And so I was like, okay. So we stopped at your parents' house. You went back to your parents' bedroom to sign whatever, and then you came out, and there was this massive bulge in your pocket, and it was clearly in your pocket. And I was like, uh, that looks like a ring box. And I was like, yes, he is definitely going to propose. So then the whole ride up. I think we were both really nervous. I mean, I, I was didn't, super nervous. I didn't feel like myself totally. And then we went on a boat, and I was like, "Is he gonna propose?" That's the here? thing. It's like, Please so we get to Rhode here. Island. I didn't propose. We then <sighs> went and took, had food. Went, went and had food. Didn't propose. didn't propose. Then we went on like a sunset, or not a sunset, but you know, like a, an afternoon 
yacht ride and I did not propose. Mm. And <laughs> it just kept going because my whole thing is I had planned to propose to you. Uh, for anyone who's ever been to Newport, Rhode Island, they have something called the Cliff Walk, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a walkway along the cliffs going into the ocean. It's very beautiful. And I was like, I'm going to propose to you at sunset on the cliff walk and the sun will be setting down into the ocean but that doesn't make any sense because we are on the east coast and the sun sets um, in the west and i remember that was part of it where i was just like oh no this is not going as it's planned. going not like not only that but also it was um a uh, couple months after Hurricane Sandy, maybe like six months after Hurricane Sandy, and they had not. Um, they had closed down part of the walkway. They had closed down a lot of the walkway because yeah. a lot of the walkway had collapsed. Right. And they hadn't fixed it yet. So we're walking along the cliff walk, and all of a sudden it just stops, and it's like caution cannot enter, done. And I'm panicking, and we start walking up a random street. I and was like, I was, Do you want to just go get food? Because I was like, I don't know if he's going to propose to me or not, but I'm getting hangry. Yeah. And we need <laughs> to get going. And, uh, and then he's like, Wait, wait, let's just go back this way. And, and then I was like, I was so determined to do it as close to the what I wanted. That I was just like, are you okay with like hopping this caution tape yeah, and so climbing we, over the rocks? And, and so stuff? we sure did. We hopped over it and we kept walking, and then it opened up to this beautiful area. And then, yeah, you proposed to me. And you said, yeah. And I said, yeah. Which is always good. And we've been <laughs> happily married ever since. Are you upset that I said, yeah? No, no, I don't. I bring that up a lot. You do. <laughs> And I've actually never asked you till right now. No, 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 no. I'm not upset. I just thought it was funny that I was just like, will you marry? I said like a little speech where I repeated myself a bunch of times. And then I was like, will you marry me? And just go, yeah. And I was like, oh. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah. no, it was, it was, it was a, it was a tear. Yeah. It was a tearful. Yeah. It was very sweet. But I do think it's funny. That, that's, that was what your reaction. I was so nervous. I didn't, you, you, you have so much, there's so much built up in that moment. I know. They, there's, you put so much into, yeah. I think that we've in ways like fairy tale, fantasied parts of relationships too much where yeah. you're like, this moment has to be perfect. And it, doesn't your life has I, to be good. it was perfect what it are was, you saying so I'm what saying you're saying is perfect. i should have no when, yeah 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 it's just and then like yes jig of course like, i'll marry you i love you so and then fainted. much i know you should have fainted <laughs> that would have been great um no but you know what i mean is like you have these like fairy tale almost cinematic ideals from and romance. that's what we have yes i'm, I'm digging a hole you are <laughs> digging <Man>. a hole <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Um, but let's also stay in the same vein of that. I think, do you think that people, one of the reasons relationships can get strained is because people do focus on that whole like romantic comedy fairy tale idea of marriage? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some people have. Or not even just marriage, just relationships in general. Yeah. People have strange ideas. And And they get very hung up instead of like. <laughs> like really learning and listening to your partner and 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 going through things people are like no you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this well, because this is the way things go absolutely so before I, like even when we first started dating um i was like oh i've got a we got a date for a while and then you do this and then you do this and then you do this and my girlfriend was like no just have fun yeah just have fun and when that pressure was taken off all of a sudden it was like so easy because I didn't have these plans in place. Well, first you date, and then you s decide. You know, and it's like, just relax. Yeah. He's I, your, he could be your boyfriend. He could not be your boyfriend for much yeah. longer. Just enjoy the time you have. Exactly. And, and there's nothing wrong with ending it if it's no, not right. Exactly. You date the person for a while, and then if, you know, they're like, oh, this person's kind of shitty. Yeah. You, <laughs> just move on. One of my girlfriends said... You know, this person may be a great person, but he's not a great person for you. Not you, of course. This is like yeah, other relationships. Like, you know, and that's that's a really great thing if you're like stuck in a relationship that you're like, no, but this is a really great person. Yeah, he may or he or she may be a great person, but they're not a great person for you. And, and so you just got to get out of that. Like if it's not a great for you, 
get out. Absolutely. Don't fix it. And I think I want to talk about also how we were talking a little bit earlier about how relationships are. Everyone always says relationships are so much work. Marriage is so much work. Do you feel like there's any work involved, really? I I personally don't, but yeah, a lot of my friends do say that. No. Um, but no, I think it's very easy. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and that's the thing. I think that's what's an important distinction. One of the biggest pieces of advice, because, you know, friends will come to Laura and I and be like, oh, you know, give us relationship advice because, you know, we're a good couple. And we always tell people, I always tell my guy friends who are asking me about women, and I always say, you know, when they're struggling in their relationships and all this thing, I'm always just like, it is so, it should be so easy. If you are, if you are fighting now, if you guys are fighting in the beginning part of the relationship, if you guys are fighting about where you're going to eat or what you said to my mom or something like this, then you're not going to last very long once you have to be put into real life situations. Like what happens when you're married? What happens when you have a child and that child is sick and your house is getting foreclosed on and your health insurance has been covered and the zombie apocalypse is happening outside. Those are real life problems. You arguing with each other because one person didn't wait for the other person to watch this Netflix show is Ugh. not a real uh, fight. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Depends on the show. I know. But no, it's true. It's just like... That's your advice? That's what you say to your friends? That's what I say to my friends, okay. is that it's, it should be easy. If, if you're having a hard time just being with the other person, yeah. then get out. Right. Just being with you is fun, mm -hmm. is easy. Stressful things come our way, but it's not difficult yeah. i mean i mean it's not difficult to to be with a person and to love another person i never understand that aspect of it it's mm -hmm. like oh it's so much work and sometimes i just and sometimes you always love them and sometimes you just hate them that day and i was like i've never yeah hated i don't feel that you, way I don't, I've, no i've been pissed mostly i've been real pissed we've had some good fights as any other relationship happened mm -hmm. but i was never like a is this going to break us up? It was, right. uh, I'm so mad this fight is happening. And I'm so mad because I know I'm right. But, <laughs> but I don't you know. never are. <laughs> oh, hearty. <laughs> ha, ha. Um, so what kind of relation, uh, like advice can you give people who are, feel like they're unlucky in love right now? Uh, I think if people aren't happy, I just, I, the main thing is, is, if you're happy or not, if you're not happy, get out because there's going to be something better out there. Yeah. If you're not happy, I, I just, I don't understand it. But the thing is like, sometimes you don't recognize that you're not happy. So, no. uh, just think about how this other person makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And you know, <laughs> there's a test like, do you have good days or bad days? And if you have to, write it down on the calendar. This is a good day. This is a bad day. And if you have more bad days, maybe you should not be in this relationship. That's mostly with um, work. That's what you do. But yeah, you can also I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, if you, if you have to write down your bad relationship <laughs> days on a calendar to count them, I think the fact that you're even thinking of making sure to keep track, that's a big old sign. That you should get I'm the hell sure. out. I'm not sure what my advice would be. It's just, just live your life. Like, see what's out there. It's fun. Like, don't put any pressure on it. Would you say that you and I are independent or codependent? Ooh. I'm oh. definitely, I mean, I feel like nowadays I'm totally codependent. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're independent in our own ways. Yeah. I like, think. Like, you go off and you go to your, um, you know, all your jobs, wherever you're going. But then when you're in the house, I can't leave you alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm like on like right there beside you all the time. I think one of the big reasons that you and I worked out as well as we did is we both kind of went. As well as we do. As well as we do. We're still together. Um, is that when we met each other, we had both kind of gone through our own personal transformations where we started feeling secure in who we were 
for the first time. Like, I know you had just gotten out of, you know, a long-term relationship. You left your fiancé. You moved to New York. No, yeah, what you you're saying is. You had started dating. We both felt good being single. Yes, we, exactly. We both yeah. felt good being single. We were fine being single. It's that old adjective? Additive? Um, Addictive? Addictive? It's an old saying. Addiction. Old addition. Old acupuncturist. Just, go ahead. Um, no, but there's an old saying that um, you'll never find love if you're looking for it or whatever that. It's <laughs> like the second the second you stop looking, love will find you. And it's kind of like as cheesy as that is. I know for me personally, that is exactly what happened. The second that I personally was just like, I don't need to be in a relationship. I don't need to fall in love. I don't need other people to like me. Like I don't need the approval of of girls in order to be a good person. Um because I'd gotten to that point in my own head that I was perfectly happy being single. I met you like a month later. <laughs> like if that. Yeah. But I think, and, and one of the reasons I think our relationship was built is because it's like, oh, when you ask independent or codependent, yeah, the what answer, would you say? I, exactly what you said. The answer is both. You and I have our own careers. We have our own dreams. We have our own things that we are working towards, but we are also constantly supporting but each other in that. Yeah, yeah, you're my partner. You're not going to be here. I mean, you're, you're not going anywhere. Like, even though we all have our own projects going on, we are partnered together yeah. and I don't want to go a long time without seeing you like right. when I go away to jobs it like it hurts I'm just like oh I'm not gonna see her. I miss her so much and it's like and you cry yourself to sleep just sob yeah. into a pillow every yeah. night I yeah. know I hear you it's a rough life <laughs> <laughs> um I always said before you and I dated that I would never date an actress. Like that was the old thing. I was just like, oh, I'm an actor and I would never date an actress because you have to be, um, you know, they have to focus on my career, not somebody else's. And that was always an old adjective is that uh, saying, well, let me just start saying, I can't, I want to know what that word is. There's also the old Adage. saying. Oh, I think that is it. Um, there's always that saying with actors is that, they shouldn't date other actors for that very reason. But I found that our relationship worked better that we were both actors. I think so. I think we understand each other. We just yeah. know the world. We know yeah. it's a weird world. Yeah. That doesn't maybe make sense to other people. Yeah. For example, we were both in acting, you know, we were t taking scene study classes at different studios. And in doing that, we would do scenes with other partners where we would have to kiss. And like just for. What? Oh, shut up. <laughs> but we wouldn't know. You you know, you'd have to kiss the other person in the scene. And uh, there's always that thing where you're like, oh, well, they're doing a movie. But then, like, you know, for some people, it's like, oh, no, that's just in scene study class. But it's different with actors. I feel like, no, we understand the work. We understand things are going to, like, not things are going to happen. I don't no, know a way to phrase in another this. hole. I no, what be. you're saying is... We understand that in a scene study class, you're playing a character. Exactly. So, I mean, like. I was I've just bringing up the fact that there are things that happen. I spend most of my career in my underwear in front of a bunch of strangers. And, you know, people not in the industry might take issue with that. But considering we both come. No, you're hot. Aww. I think that you should always be in your underwear. Hell yeah. So, I think everybody should see you in your underwear. Exactly. But you know what I mean. It's like It's like you're in compromising positions with people in this industry uh, yeah i think so i uh, but compromising is a bad word no, you're, you're in vulnerable positions yes yes but i think there's also the trust that we have so yeah. i mean i mean it's i think it's all individual because i mean look at you know brad pitt and angelina jolie they're both actors and then they met on set and like shit happens that's true so, no I you're mean, absolutely right you're absolutely right they were both with other people so i just know with me you know, I never took any issue with anything career-wise because, like that happened with you, because I I was in the same situations. Yeah. I knew it, and I was just like, I don't want Laura getting all jealous if I have, you know, a, a TV show where I have a girlfriend in the TV but I show. No, I exactly. I as long as we have that open communication, and you know, I feel like I'm still your partner, then there's no problem. 
You know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if you started a TV show and then you just like quit talking to me, then I'd probably be upset. No, totally. But as long as like I'm, we're on the same page. Do you think, um, <laughs> I, what, was there a moment where kind of the trust switched over from being like guarded to you and I were just dating to the point where like we did truly like trust one another? I mean, it was definitely gradual. We built up to it. But do you feel like there was a time where you like felt like I really trusted you? Yeah. Um. I mean, as far as like I've always trusted you. There was you've never given me any reason not to trust you. That's good. Mostly. Mostly. I mean, there's things like you'll say that you're going to like do the dishes and then you don't. And I'm like, can I trust that he's going to do that? That's true. So those kinds of things. But other than that, like, no, there's no reason for me not to trust you. Yeah. So, I, d I mean, I'm not really sure. I It wasn't gradual for me. It was from the tip top tip. That's good. Yeah. Well, no, I for me, I think the trust came from getting my own insecurity out of the way. Well, right. Yeah. Was really it is because I realized like. So I never didn't trust you, but I don't. What you got to realize, babe, is you got to be like, look, this is the best that there is. And if you are going to search elsewhere for the best that there is, then you don't get the best. And that's how you just have to approach it. Absolutely. And I think that's what you started to do. And, and exactly. How important do you think confidence is in getting into a relationship with somebody? I think it's very somebody? important. I think it's very important because the insecurities are what can lead to uh, infidelity to be honest really yeah because you're you're not sure you're you're not you're not feeling good about yourself yeah so, um i think confidence is very important i mean you important. actually hear that in all like the hbo shows it's like you weren't there for me emotionally so i had to look elsewhere yeah. i felt so bad about like, myself yeah it's like just you know yeah so i think confidence is huge so yeah and then i mean but also if you're feeling insecure the, the ability to talk about it with the other person so yeah. So, like, if I'm feeling extra, you know, unattractive one day, I'll come up to you and talk to you about it and be like, this is why I feel so bad. Oh. And then you'll talk to me back. Exactly. Were you ever afraid of marriage itself? To you, no. Well, that's good. I mean. But no, no, no. I mean, like, in our current society like marriage isn't looked on as favorably as it used to be Aww. or not as that it's not favorably but you know very high divorce rate um it used to be like oh you have to get married right and now it's you don't you right. totally don't have mm -mm. to get married ever uh so no i was never afraid to get married but i also didn't think it necessarily needed to be a priority mm -hmm. um as i got older i was like i mean i could be a life partner to somebody um, one day that could be fine. We don't necessarily have to get married. I mean, cause of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. I know. I mean, ideal couple. Overboard was your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so because of that kind of thing, I was like, you don't necessarily have to get married. However, dating you and you asking me and I'm like, yes, I would like to marry you. So that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I love you, babe, and I'm very happy that you agreed to do this little little, little talk with me. Well, thanks for having me, babe. Absolutely. Uh, before we go, what would be your overall piece of advice? Just a your one nugget to leave people with, you know, that feel unlucky in love. Uh, my piece of advice would be... Just have fun. Yeah. Just go out there and have fun. And don't put any rules on anything. Just be like, okay, I'm going to try this. It might be a little scary, but I'm going to do it. Or if you're not feeling like it, don't do it. But just yeah. have fun. If, that, if having fun to you is going home and watching a movie, do it. But as long as you're having fun, it's not depressive. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Why are you doing it if it's not fun? Right. If you're getting in a relationship with somebody, if you're dating somebody and you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Yeah. Well, I have fun with you, babe. Thanks. I have fun with you most of the time. All right. I love you. <laughs> we need to. All right. All right. All right. We need to order food. I'm hungry. Okay. So I love you. 
very much. I'll talk to you in three seconds when I turn off the record button. And we will talk to you later. Okay, okay. bye. (laughs) Bye. favorite person in the entire world thank you guys so much for listening and thank you laura for sitting down with your little old hubby and talking about relationships and all that fun and love and life and all that fun stuff please everybody follow my wife laura miko on social media on instagram at laura Kristen x it'll say laura gilreath that's her maiden name that's also the name she still acts under so everybody go find her in all of the fun stuff. She was in a great movie called Paranormal Asylum. If you love B-horror movies, she's a great B-horrorist. Uh, follow me on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash bigthingspod. Email us at our website at bigthingspod.com. Uh, Josh at bigthingspod.com. Zach at bigthingspod.com. You guys know the deal. And remember... To please share this episode with your friends or family if you think they would like this or any other episode we've done, guys. It's been 30 episodes. You can listen to us for two solid days. Thank you guys so much for listening as often as you have. I couldn't be doing this without you. I mean, I could, but it would be kind of weird. So thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. Now go out into the world and do big things.